You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. All right. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you for jumping in again here on NFT365. As always, make sure to do your own damn research. But in this case, I'm not sure if you're going to have to do your own damn research after listening to this episode. And if you follow me on Twitter, I've been talking a lot about uh, this project. And as one, not only uh, as a girl dad, but as, you know, the more that we've collected NFTs, we now have, uh, I have over almost a little over 500 now in my personal bag. And uh, I tweeted out that someone had been asking me, uh, I've been getting a question, like, Brian, what's your favorite, like, profile photo, you know, NFT that you have in your collection? The the number one that I have in my collection is actually part of this collection. So it's the one that uh, is my current PFP as we record this on Twitter Spaces. But before we get into that, you know, I just want to also say, you know, we've been getting, uh, you know, lots of requests, lots of questions. Uh, yesterday's episode uh, was actually based on from our Discord where people had asked, you know, they really wanted to understand a little bit better, you know, how do you how do you you know, actually get an ENS domain? And then what is the difference of buying an NFT with a MetaMask wallet on a website versus buying one uh, on OpenSea? And, and what's this whole like art reveal concept? And and so we tried to walk through a lot of those ones. And as most of you know, you know, about every you know two or three episodes of a week will be interview and the rest of you'll be stuck listening to me. And the good news is if you're tired of listening to me, which I don't blame you if you've listened to every episode, you're not going to have to just listen to me. Uh, I have an amazing guest and and we have, uh, you know, from Crypto Chicks, which is the project I was alluding to. And I will say, you know, as someone that not only uh, believes in like the power of NFTs to make an impact, but also really where this space is going, uh, I'm excited to get into this discussion. I'm really excited to have uh, the CMO of Crypto Chicks on with us. So, Em, thank you so much for joining. If you don't mind, give us a little bit of uh, a background of yourself, but then also uh, the Crypto Chips project, and we'll get into the interview. Yeah, thank you so much for for having me. And I did get a notification about an hour ago that you were viewing my LinkedIn profile, so I'm very curious. Where, where oh, yeah, this is I going. was. Well, you, I will say you're a, you're a Carnegie Mellon uh, grad, and I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, so I'm already a fan oh, okay. just from that side. Okay, the Yinzers, we love to hear it. <laughs> Yeah, so a little bit about me, as you already disclosed, I I went to Carnegie Mellon for my undergraduate degree, and that was kind of my first foray into the world of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. I was a member of the Bitcoin club back in like 2012 or 2013 when I was a student at Carnegie Mellon. And so not many people know that. Yes, I'm a closet nerd, a major nerd, and I'm open about that. I think it's cool. And But that was really more of just a fun understanding what's the culture of decentralization and Bitcoin. And that was kind of back when Bitcoin had this dark cloud surrounding it of the Silk Road and everything that was happening from an underground perspective. Um, 
And then after I graduated, I started to work at Visa, which is a, a payments tech company. Many people know it, obviously a very large established global brand. And I kind of got to under, understand a little bit more about the inefficiencies of how payments work and the impact that decentralization can have in payments. So when you are doing online shopping, for example, you're operating in a five-party model because there's you as the individual who's trying to buy something. There's the merchant you're trying to buy something from. But then there's as much as a payment gateway, a payment processor, the merchant bank, the issuing bank. And so for money to actually move online, there's an incredible amount of middlemen and intermediaries that it goes through. And so it's kind of the, I like to call it the antithesis of decentralization. So that's when I started to understand the the value of blockchain and cryptocurrencies. So for people that have family in other countries, the ability to, to transact and send money abroad in instantaneous or at the time, it, it was kind of more like <laughs> in, in a matter of hours because we're operating on the Bitcoin network at that time. Um, so that was a really cool understanding for me from the financial perspective of how blockchain can apply. And so I invested a lot in altcoins in 2016, 2017, went through the whole crypto winter that happened at that time and weathered the storm. I just kind of did a little bit of hodl action because I didn't want to be the one that was panic selling and ultimately ended up far net positive as we came out of that crypto winter and the prevalence of altcoins and Ethereum and Bitcoin kind of not only went back to the previous all-time highs, but far surpassed. Um, so that was kind of my my entrance into the world of crypto. But then this year in around, uh, let's say August, I started hearing from a lot of friends and from TikTok, funny enough, uh, people talking about NFTs. And to me, that was a really cool application of decentralization and blockchain, but with this whole art and creative spin on it and a way for creators and artists to really actually capitalize on their work. A lot of us, when we were kids, were told by our parents, you can't be an artist when you grow up because you'll never make any money. And now it's the exact opposite of that. There's a huge opportunities for artists to really show their talent and shine in this world. So that was really exciting to me. And I started looking into a lot of these projects and started investing in as many people who are probably listening, the kind of gender neutral animal profile pictures. And the problem that I experienced with that is that everyone, when you're using a an animal as your profile picture, everyone inherently assumes that you're a man. And so you are engaging in Discord, you're engaging in Twitter, and at least like 10 times a day, people will misgender you and say, hey, dude, my guy, my man, things like that. And it gets exhausting to have to constantly correct people and say, no, actually, I'm a woman or my pronouns are she, her, etc., and so then I, I actually got introduced to crypto chicks as a result of kind of looking around to figure out, okay, what would be a better way that I can represent myself in the digital world? And I got introduced to the project through another project that I was already invested in. 
And it was after the Crypto Chicks Mint had happened. So I'm not one of the founders. I'm just a, a crazy community member that got involved in the project as a collector and was really, really passionate about this mission about empowering women in NFTs and celebrating the unique, diverse beauty of, of all women around the world. And so I, since I have a background in building startups and building tech companies, I kind of brought a little bit of that mindset into the NFT world and joined Crypto Chicks as one of the leaders. And Crypto Chicks, I think, is is a really cool project. As, as you know, ha having been a part of our community for a long time, which I totally appreciate because I love that you've been a part of the Crypto Chicks since before all of the recent excitement and growth that we've seen. Um, but Crypto Chicks has, has been around for a while, right? Our OG collection was the first all-women profile picture collection, which launched in May, and the first piece was minted on June 1st. And that was founded by Polly, who's our artist, and really derived from looking around at the NFT space and seeing, hey, there's not a lot of representation for women, number one, as investors, as collectors, but also as artists, and also within the artwork, there's a lack of representation as well. And so that's where the first OG collection of 200 pieces came from. And that launch was incredibly well received. She got a lot of super positive feedback from creating that and decided to broaden that into a generative 10K collection, which is the crypto chicks that many of us see in profile pictures and um, many of us know and love. And, and that's what launched in September and is now now trading and growing. And our community is, has been building over the past four or so months. We've been developing our roadmap and understanding how do we build this into something that's more than an NFT brand. So we want to be a, a global brand that helps women number one, accept and embrace the unique beauty of all women. But number two, that helps bridge the gap between the real world and the metaverse. And the way that we're doing that is by partnering with a lot of these brands that women already know, love, and use in their daily life and use that as a lever to help kind of familiarize them with the space, right? It's a little bit less scary if you think about oh, this brand of this jacket that I wear in real life, they are doing a collaboration with Crypto Chicks. And it makes it a little bit less scary to get into a space that is, to be quite candid, a little bit unfamiliar for most people and historically has been very male-dominated just because there hasn't been much education and opportunity for entry for a lot of women. Sorry, that was a long rambling explanation don't be sorry. myself and there, <laughs> there is no sorry there ever. I, I don't believe you should say sorry for any of that because that was, I love all of that, you know, uh, that substance and that, that timeline. I, I pinned the tweet here uh, on Twitter spaces and I will uh, include the link in the show notes of the kind of like that timeline. Uh, I love that the, you know, the first collection of, uh, of 200, I believe their floor just cleared, you know, it's over 10 ETH now to get in on that one. Um, and I will say like, you know, I, you know, I started looking at the project itself. I was just looking at th going through my notes on, on my side. Uh, I started looking at the project around Thanksgiving, around uh, around November timeframe. And when I was building out this project, uh, buying an NFT every single day, of course, I, I'm bootstrapping this myself. So uh, the idea of buying an NFT every day is coming out of my own uh, pocket. And so there were projects that I was looking at and deciding, am I going to try to get in to support on the floor or am I going to get in to find, you know, what we could refer to as our forever 
Discover PFP. And I remember it was either on Christmas or the day after Christmas. Uh, I actually saw the uh, two of the, the PFPs on the Crypto Chicks that I really loved. And I was like, you know what? One of those two will be the ones that I will get. And I will say, I think it was the next day. Actually, it was. I'm looking here now. It, the next day, the one that I actually have actually was sold. And I remember being like, oh, there you go, Fanzo. You're waiting uh, to jump in. You just got to jump in, press the damn button, which is what I preach. It's a keynote I give. But, you know, you know, the funny part or the interesting part of that, it was a couple of days later um, that someone had, you know, had listed in, I decided to jump in on it. And, you know, I, I love the art. I love, you know, shout out uh, Miss Polly uh, in the collection. Uh, I love that the original collection of 200 and then of course the success recently. And, and you said, you know, there's some people getting in, there might've been someone semi-famous today named you know, Eva Longoria that might've uh, tweeted out two of her uh, crypto chicks that were there. So uh, welcome uh, you know, her to this amazing community. And I will say like, um, you know, as a male in this space, but also as a proud girl dad, I wear, you know, pink shoes and my background photo before NFTs was always pink um, as, you know, a, a combination of solidarity and, and, you know, pride in, in my commitment to my daughters, but also in, the idea of removing a lot of biases and things that exist. And, you know, I have ADHD coin over on Rally and, you know, as someone that I talk a lot in the neurodiversity side of the house as I was diagnosed about nine years ago. And so I love that that whole premise there. And I love, you know, your background is very, you know, I wouldn't say very unique because that's like as if I know everyone's background, but I love that you have like kind of that background. Now I have to ask you one question because I hate asking people like, Hey, do you know this person that went to this university? Cause you did. But um, actually I know one of the professors really well, so much so that he hired me to speak a couple of years at Carnegie Mellon actually during the years you were there. So I don't know if you know Ari Lightman, the professor Ari Lightman. I, do you know him by any chance? What department is he in? So he is, um, I think marketing innovation is what he would be fall under. Um, he's, let's see what his exact one is, but um, he pretty much one of the most innovative. Uh, he, uh, he'd actually see me. I think he does work a lot with like the Heinz College. So probably that's the, that side of the house. Yeah, I think Heinz is graduate students, if I'm not mistaken. So it might have been a graduate level. Yeah, course. I think there was. And we did a, like a couple of different things there on the campus. And, and funny enough, at that time, uh, we were kind of doing uh, the blockchain cloud uh, conversations and like the impact that was going to have uh, moving forward. And there's a there's a the reason that it was even funnier in like the sense was uh, there's a clip going around, uh, not going around, but I have a clip where uh, it was 2013, 2014 that I made like the the proclamation. Or I was like, please, for the love of God, you know, don't let cryptocurrency become the first use case that goes mainstream for blockchain. Uh, and I'm someone that calls myself a futurist and apparently not very good one in that sense, because that's what happened. And for me, it was mostly because of the financial side of the house uh, and that that kind of impact. But I'm curious from your your standpoint, like I love that you were hired on as a fan and I've, I've shared this on the podcast and, and Jennifer is coming uh, on the podcast very soon. But Jen over on at Playboy Rabbitars uh, is one of my, you know, one of my favorites in this community. And she was very similar. She was super active in the uh, in the actual, you know, in the NFT space, especially over on Clubhouse. And the Playboy team kind of discovered her and loved her mission and vision and hired her in on that team. So how did that conversation go? I'm curious when they reached out or you reached out, how did that conversation go on you coming on board and kind of how has that like emerged from then to where we're at today? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. So when Crypto Chicks the 10K collection launched, I think Polly was not 
thinking it was going to be as successful as it turned out to be. And she is a true artist, one of the most creative and talented artists I've ever, I've ever met. Um, but not at all thinking about this as, wow, it's going to be a huge business. And so she brought on in the early days an advisor, someone that was, was meant to help build and grow the community after the launch and help execute on the roadmap. And that person turned out to have kind of a little bit of a different approach than is aligned with the values of a women-oriented project, right? A little bit more brash and harsh, whereas what we've now defined as our community values are kindness, empathy, and transparency. And so when I first joined the community, I listened to a Twitter, or not a Twitter space, it was an AMA within Discord. And the type of communication and the way that information was being presented just didn't really feel like it was the way that that I would do things if I was trying to run a community in a very inclusive way to create a warm and empathetic environment. And so I kind of threw my hat in the ring to start off to begin with, just kind of helping run the Twitter. So I was doing a lot of celebrity side-by-side photos on my personal Twitter and getting a lot of traction on those. And so I offered to take over the official Crypto Chicks Twitter and help gain a little bit more momentum from a marketing and social media awareness perspective. But then as I joined in that capacity, I started having a little bit more say, a little bit more ideas and ways to do other things within the organization. And with that, I think we we decided it makes more sense for a women-focused project to have women leaders, including the artists, the people who are responsible for business development and partnerships, um, who's responsible for marketing, general operational tactics, the community. And so that's the the transition that we made. And, and since then, we've, we've really brought up a, a strong team of women that are totally badass. And I love working with them every single day. We have incredible brainstorming sessions and the partnership conversations that we're having are a co- absolute result of the hard work that the team has put in over the past four or five months. And, and I'm really excited for the future with that. And, and I feel very proud of the team that we've built today. And I will vouch for that as you did notice that I was stalking your LinkedIn. I, I went through the whole team. So anyone on the team, you know, you, you will see my me as viewing your LinkedIn profile today uh, and beyond impressed um, and also very international um, with, you know, I think the experiences that they, they bring uh, on viewpoints and, and the world. I think that's one that is uh, often overlooked here in the NFT space in that we, we are international across, you know, the, the beauty of this space having no borders. While at the same time, it's, you know, how do you get, you know, those kind of viewpoints? And I, I also brought, I love that you brought up the, like the, the welcoming and kind of the way that the culture is created. And I will say, you know, um, I'm very blessed, you know, in part of our project, you know, I, I was the 13th person to mint uh, the Alpha Girl Club project uh, when that had launched as I had done some research and just absolutely fell in love and was telling everybody in my discord about that uh, project. And uh, whenever the, the mint day happened, the amount of people that came to me and like, it didn't sell very many, Brian, like what's going on. And I kept being doubling down. Like I did my research, like the art, the, the, the founders, the vision, the, the commitment, this is going to be great. And it, it was kind of nice to get a little bit of validation of that recently as that projects uh, has come to light and success and, and crypto chicks as well. I think, um, you know, as, as a male in the space, I think it's important for all of the males that are listening to this, that those that identify as male, 
to not only recognize the, you know, that we need to you know, amplify and celebrate uh, the women-led projects, but also create space and be part of the space. And it's very easy for us to create silos within these different organizations, but to truly drive change, to be able to, you know, tell stories. And for me, you know, as someone that is, you know, running this podcast now and, and very blessed that we've had, you know, the success with with it, with we have, and and that, you know, we cracked the top 25 now here in the U.S. on Spotify and, and Apple. And I will say, like, for me, the community that are welcoming me in so I can see the beauty within and then amplify that outwards and the amount of, you know, of, of women and, and that can actually kind of be a part of these things, I think is so important. And I do love Crypto Chicks is not only extremely welcoming in that, but even before I got the, uh, the actual NFT and uh, just, you know, communicating via uh, Twitter, I was very, you know, empowered by that, you know, as the girl dad and, and on that side of the house. And, and I'm curious, you know, from a standpoint of, you know, I believe not only is it important for us to like you know, not only amplify that, but I also think we can't make every you know, women-led project only talking about women and NFTs because what is the impact that you that you're making is far more extending than that, and I think it's very disservicing if we only make that the conversations, and we need to have women in NFT conversations on podcasts with ones that aren't women as well. And I think that's something that hopefully we are kind of leading here on, on the podcast. And I'm curious from like your standpoint, from like, as you kind of feel into this space and like, I went, I was in New York at that event, uh, November 6th or November 5th uh, event. You're like, I was impressed that how many women were there yet, like the kind of videos that kind of went viral from, uh, you know, a couple parties, it did seem very much like a sausage fest, you know, sorry for my language, but it did seem that from like the video and the photos, but from what I felt and saw and the, the people that I were connecting were not that way. But I also believe like, you know, we have a long way to go in so many different areas in this space. And so I'm curious from, you know, as Crypto Chicks recently has been, uh, you know, it's, it's so funny for me because, you know, I, I get a lot of people that are messaging me like, oh, Brian, that project that you had as a profile photo is taking off. I see it, you know, I see it all over the place. And, you know, for me, that's, that, that's like a beautiful thing to see. And it goes, goes for any of the projects uh, that we're, you know, supporting. But I'm curious, like, how is the, um, like, what are some of the, like the, you know, the impressions or things people are saying when they enter Crypto Chicks as far as, you know, the NFT community? Because I will say, like, from my view, it's very welcoming, very, you know, um, you know kind of, you know, it's, it, there's a beautiful thing of, you know, supporting each other amplifying each other, but also kind of pushing each other. I've seen some really great dialogue um, in the Discord, and I think a lot of other Discords seem to be either leaning a little bit too much hype or not enough like celebration outside. So I'm curious, like, what are some of the things that people are kind of like saying back to you or things that they're like most excited about Crypto Chicks? Yeah, I think it's it's a really good question. And I think, first of all, I want to comment on, on one thing you said earlier, and that's the importance of men as allies to women in this space. And I, I get that. And the reason I want to call it out is I get questions almost daily or DMs from people who say they don't know if Crypto Chicks is a space for men to be involved in as well. Is it weird as a man to use a Crypto Chick as your profile photo? And I just want to unequivocally say that women will never succeed without the support of men. And there are the vast majority of people still to 
this day in, in the NFT space are men. And the only way for women to become successful is by having men who are our allies that want to uplift us, to empower us, and to be a part of our communities like crypto chicks that are built to celebrate women, but are not, of course, exclusive only to people who identify as women. So I just want to, to get that out there. In terms of what people are saying as they come into the Discord and the types of questions that people are asking or conversations that we're having, I will say we have a lot of people that are very new to the NFT space. So many people who are um, like significant others of people who've been in the NFT space for a very long time or women who have been introduced by their friends or non-women also that have been introduced by their friends. And one of the things that we really pride ourselves on is being that warm, inclusive space for people to come in to ask questions about what are the basic terminologies? What's the difference between one of the big conversations we had in the past day is cold wallet versus hot wallet. Why is it important to have a cold wallet and to protect yourself from any sort of security risks? And in those types of conversations, conversations where new people feel like they can ask questions and no one's going to say anything like, oh, that was that was a dumb question, because everyone in the crypto chicks community is fully aware that all of us are new to this space within realistically the past year. And so at some point in the past year, everyone has had the same questions and making sure that we are actively moderating the conversation, although to be candid, we don't have many people that are saying things that people would find offensive, but still making sure that as new people come in, they are greeted in a way that's very welcoming, very inclusive and, and kind. And with that, we feel like it creates a space not just for women, but for all people who are looking to get into NFTs. But to be honest, it can be a little bit scary as you're figuring out Discord for the first time, figuring out MetaMask, OpenSea, and really finding something that is easy to get through, people value a lot, and then they can go and take those principles and values into other communities. Because we don't want, as you said earlier, we don't want any of the women-focused projects to have all of the women in the NFT space in this nice little happy bubble where we don't talk to anyone else and we live in a silo. And so it's very, very important that every time we are talking about values and ways to be inclusive in our communication, that people then take that and bring it to other communities as well. So that as a whole, we can start to adopt change and through throughout the entire NFT industry. So I think that's, that's one of our goals as well. I love all of that. And I, and I love the, you know, I, I did see that the hardware wallet conversation happening and I will say for anyone that's listening to this on podcast side, the next episode after this one, I'm actually, I own three different uh, hardware wallets that I purchase and I'm going to do kind of a breakdown pros and cons of uh, the three different types we have, you know, I'm only disclosing two of the three at the moment, but Ledger and the Secure X, uh, you know, and uh, the hardware wallets, I actually have them right now in front of me and can I just kind of discuss that side. And my background is in cybersecurity with the Department of Defense uh, for nine years. And I love seeing those kind of conversations happening because, you know, I think, you know, as you said, like, you know, this space can be difficult, you know, coming from you, that sounds so much nicer than like for me, where I just want to say like this, it is ridiculously confusing and overwhelming and you go kicking and screaming into the discord. And then you also have to go kicking and screaming kind of into this NFT world. And then unfortunately there's like culture of like, once you're rugged uh, or someone takes your money, you click on the wrong link, like then you're in. And, and I, 
I've said this many times on the podcast, like my goal is to remove that as like an okay entry point to this space because we just need to not only educate better, but we we know that the tools are are working towards that as well. And and I also think, you know, one of the things that we like that you mentioned is that, you know, a lot of people that are new to the space that are welcoming in. And I, and I love that conversation because I see a lot of friends here in the audience of mine that are uh, as well. And I always say like, for me, like the two places, if, you, if it's your first NFT, if it's really your first couple NFTs, you know, either find the art that you love or find people that you love that are also in holding that NFT. And when you, when you're entered and, you know, I, I've, I've spent a lot of time on stages talking about community. And I always say that the, the hardest part of community is scale, but the way that, that I look at community and try to identify if they're prepared for scale or if they're going to struggle when they scale is really the entry point. If a, if a community, when you enter a community that is established and the people that welcome you are only the team members and the leadership to me it's the first sign that they're going to struggle as a community because they're in many ways that's operating much more like a network where it's about just the leadership and you're waiting for those that are in charge to take over and i remember you know coming into crypto chicks and there's some other projects you know recently and i know you know uh, xpunks which i've talked about here on the show and i interviewed the founder jeremy there uh, uh on the podcast earlier uh you know episode in the 20s uh you know like that was another one where i didn't know any of the founders i was welcomed by the members and crypto chicks it felt the same way and so for everyone listening when you're trying to uh, you know, decide if you want to spend your money and you're jumping into the discord to get that feel. That's part of that feel is like, how, how does that welcoming go when you, when you are commenting, are people acknowledging and respecting? And, you know, I will challenge anyone that is using Twitter spaces at the moment. Uh, there's a very, there's a problem right now with Twitter spaces on, on people not acknowledging uh, people's shares and questions. And, you know, in this space, it is very chaotic and we're all in this learning phase and the least, the very least we can do is to acknowledge and and let people know that their their voice and questions are heard because that's the only way we will continue to inspire people to step up and ask questions and, and move forward. And I love that that the CryptoChicks team and the community uh, is really you know representing that and and leading with that forward. And so I'm curious when you know with with a lot of the projects you know that we've interviewed on the on the show we talk kind of a combination of like from the art to where we're going to where we've been. And you know I will say you know in my cart at the moment. Um, um, I have, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to check out as soon as we're done here, but I, ha I have a, a, this is a Canyon pink, a Canyon pink hoodie, which I think is awesome. I like everything pink to begin with. And then the trucker white, white trucker hat. So I love the merch that you guys already kind of have up, you know, walking through the, the, you know, the roadmap and you kind of even mentioned, you know, Miss Polly not wrecking or not sure that the project was going to be as successful as it was. And let's face it. I think, you know, that September timeframe was when we started to get a little bit of reality of just because you launch a project doesn't mean it sells out. Uh, those before that time were kind of, you know, in the right place in the right time for, for many projects. I'm curious from, you know, as you look at 2022, some of the things that are happening within the crypto chicks, maybe there's some people that are listening right now that are, that are interested, that are inspired, but they're wondering, you know, once they, when they're holding a crypto chicks NFT and they get access to the discord, what are some of the other things you have coming, uh, you know, down the pipe or things that people can look forward to? 
Yeah, it's, it's a really good question because we have a lot of exciting things that I'm I'm personally super excited about, and I know a lot of our community is as well. And part of that is we're launching a token. So for everyone that holds a crypto check, they'll be able to start accruing this token. But we've spent a lot of time kind of mapping out the tokenomics, which I'm not a complete expert on, but thankfully we do have an incredible team of people that know a lot more than me about it. And I think that's one of the good signs of a team when they can acknowledge where their weaknesses are and then find people that complement those skills to fill the gaps. Um, but in terms of the the check token, what's really cool about that is we've kind of had this vision of creating an ecosystem where as we build up a lot of brand partnerships, which is a huge item on our roadmap, we create a lot of custom co-designed NFTs, wearables, in real life experiences that will all be accessible through this check token. And the reason that we're doing that is that we, we've we heard a lot of feedback as we're talking to huge brands, huge companies that crypto chicks are really the perfect representation of, of women. And from an NFT perspective, the most photorealistic, right? If you look at a crypto chick, you can really see them wearing a specific designer piece of jewelry or a outdoors jacket or a really cool hoodie from a streetwear brand or anything along those lines. And the value, the, what we're trying to do there is create value for our holders where we're giving back to them these exclusive benefits through our collaborations with brand partnerships, but also to create a more awareness about our mission with the all women are beautiful slogan. So to us, all women are beautiful doesn't just mean the way that women look, which of course is is super important, but it also means the things that they do. And so creating this ecosystem that will facilitate partnerships to kind of show off all the different aspects of women's lives. So things that are related to business wear or high fashion or being a mom or outdoors adventures, things like that. And that's a part of the reason why we have created this entirely new concept for the Crypto Chicks community, which is throwing our Crypto Chicks back in time through a time machine potion that we will be airdropping to our holders that they can apply at any point in time whenever they choose to their Crypto Chick. And each Crypto Chick will have a one-to-one mapping between the Crypto Chick and its throwback-in-time version, which is a baby chick. And we're super excited about that because it opens up this door for a lot of collaborations and partnerships with toy companies, with animation studios that might be focused on children and children's topics. And there's a lot of a lot of new opportunities we can explore there that will be exclusive to the holders of the Baby Chick collection. So that will be coming. The token is launching in um, the end of March along with the, or sorry, middle of March along with the Baby Chick collection. And the Time Machine potion will be airdropped to people uh, middle of, of February. So in the next two weeks or so, we're, we're aiming for that. Well, I love when I saw the preview and I was actually the, looking for the, the preview uh, tweet of the, of the baby chick. I was absolutely loving that. And I love that slogan too. And, and uh, as a dad of daughters and, and co-parenting as a dad of daughters, um, you know, one of the, the, the things that have led me through uh, the journey of co-parenting three, three amazing little girls that uh, my oldest turned 12 uh, this on Monday and my youngest turns eight years old tomorrow. And, you know, the, like my pride really comes in the fact that they 
they recognize and own that their their strength is in being themselves and that is the the beauty that that they represent and if you saw my three daughters on how they dress the things they like on tv the way they 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 talk the things they they care about uh, each have kind of just developed their own uh, versions of that and i and that's without question the thing that i am the most proud about and i i i've showed my daughters my nfts collections as they've gone through and I shared this during the X-Punks interview as I actually let my daughters uh, pick out their first, uh, you know, NFT, which was uh, they each picked out an X-Punk uh, because I really loved that that project was helping to, you know, expand the original CryptoPunks. Most people here know that that conversation uh, and the idea that, you know, representing a lot of the traits that didn't exist in, in the original. And of course, my oldest daughter wanted, uh, you know, a the hoodie. And then I had another daughter that wanted uh, the smile. So I, I love that they picked out kind of those uh, traits. And I love that, you know, you were kind of mentioning the the kids side and how we expand, because one of my things that I've kind of put out there is that when we look at these projects and brand partnerships, one of the, there's multiple limitations. And one of them is even the total amount of people that would be willing to purchase or uh, consume, because if only 10,000 people have a bored ape, for example, um, you know, or maybe another 10,000 with mutants, like, Adidas is only serving or only targeting 20,000 people and they're in that collaboration, for example. We have to find ways to not only uh, extend collections, but also kind of go beyond. And, you know, I am someone, I know uh, a mutual friend, uh, you know, Sandy Carter, who actually uh, tweeted out about this uh, space as well. You know, uh, Sandy brought me in uh, with the Girls Who Code project with IBM when she was there uh, prior to her going to Unstoppable Domains. And I got to speak at that event uh, two years in a row. And it, to me, is one of the, you know, most fun projects that I've ever been a part of on the idea of not only girls who code, but girls that are are looking at a lot of these jobs and roles without the limitations that were put on them by men prior to. And, and I love that idea. And I love the going back in time. And, and I will say like the first thing I asked my daughters was, you know, do you want to pick out a crypto chick or do you want to pick out um, one of the ones, one of the babies that go back in time? And it was like three out of three. So, well, we're going to have to get babies. And so I was like, well, now it looks like daddy's going to have to go into the secondary market or I'm going to have to have three crypto chicks by the time that happens. So uh, I will tell you, I have been scouring. And as I watch the floor price rise, I also am like, okay, Brian, you're going to have to make a decision. Uh, so I love that you brought that uh, into the conversation as well. And I like the token as well, because, you know, here for this podcast, we are powered by the ADHD coin uh, at Rally. And I launched my ADHD coin uh, March of last year. At the same time, I was mocking the concept of NFTs, that these silly, uh, you know, crypto kids were buying these expensive JPEGs and acting as if they were going to get rich. And I say that openly because of my my naivete towards this space. And uh, we can we can say that I've now completely flipped in my understanding. But for me, I actually I actually started by launching a coin and the education around the coin was something that I never would have imagined if I would have known the education that I needed to know on bringing people into the creator coin world, I don't believe I probably would have ever launched a coin, but I'm very proud now. We have you know, well over 1,200 uh, holders of the coin. We have over 145,000 in circulation, but it's just you know another entry point. It's a way to reward and incentivize. Uh, I had the opportunity. I gave away you know $19,000 US dollars uh, in ADHD coin just in Q4, just for you know celebrating those in the community. And I, and I just love thinking about the tokenomics element that uh, CryptoChips is going to also kind of welcome in. And for those that are thinking about the projects that they want to get involved in, I'm going to challenge everyone to look at not only projects that are empowering today, but that are also going to welcoming us in 
to concepts and mechanisms that are going to be here in the future for the rest of time. And, you know, I look at NFTs, I look at the tokenomics element, I look at, you know, what does true community look like without the limitations that platforms have previously kind of put on us and this idea of decentralization. So I, I love all of that side. Now, I'm curious from your background, having kind of come, you, know, you had you mentioned Visa and some of the, the payment side, you know, I think you're one of the first from a project that we've had on that kind of comes from that background. Uh, you're much younger, much younger than I am in that sense of a kind of like, you know, born into a lot of the world that we are today. I'm a, a pager wearing millennial, which just means I was born in 1981 and I'm right on the cusp between the millennial generation and this generation. I had a pager. I got suspended from high school because I had it. And at the time, he thought only drug dealers had pagers. You know, whoever did that, whoever suspended me for a pager back then, I, I wish I could talk to him now because, you know, now they have iPhones, we carry them everywhere. But I'm curious from your, like, from with your experience and when you look at the space, and you mentioned this earlier, that you you made it through the the crypto winter and you were kind of understanding, you, know, you were hodling and kind of looking at that space. What advice would you give to us that have not gone through one of those times, not only in like our actions, but let's talk about it a little bit from the mental health perspective, because I truly do believe like I had to remove the Coinbase app from my phone because I noticed that it was it was shifting my energy every morning, rolling over and seeing nothing but, you know, bloody red Sunday with all of my uh, investments. And so I removed the, the app from my phone and and instantly noticed a, a shift in my energy as I as I woke up. And I know I probably shouldn't look at my phone in my bed, but hey, let's let's take small changes. So I would love to hear your like advice or your you know thoughts on that. And as so many of us are kind of looking to get into this space, but we have to be prepared for kind of all sides of it. Yeah, I think it's it's a really good question. And I like to liken NFT projects to, to startups. So after my time at Visa, I led business operations at a tech startup from pre-seed to late, later stage. I'm not going to disclose any funding around details here. But um, and, and I think a lot of the principles that apply in NFT projects are very similar to startups. And so I think one of the biggest pieces of advice that I give to everyone I talk to is spend a lot of time evaluating the team. See who's behind a project. Do they have experience building things? Do they have experience delivering on milestones and things that they've promised that they were going to do? That's a big thing in my mind. If you see a, a roadmap come out or a project making grandiose statements about things that they're going to do, but there's no clear understanding from a technical perspective about will they actually be able to execute on that roadmap? Say if, if they're building a mobile app, do they understand how iOS and Android development works? Do they have someone with product management experience that knows how to work with UI UX designers? And and I think a lot of that type of understanding that NFT projects are are moving beyond this point of being art collection and they're turning into mini startups. So that's a big part of it, understanding the team, who's behind it. The second thing I would say is invest with conviction. So find projects where you truly believe in the mission. You truly believe that 
one year from now, two years from now, those people in that project will be doing something big because the vision that they're talking about is something that you can really see happening. And I, I truly believe if you invest with conviction, there's no point in checking things like the floor price or what's happening daily on OpenSea because in the long run, you should be, I mean, as you are doing with, with a lot of your investments, you should be inve- you should be thinking about things from a one-year time horizon and looking at metrics like how is the average price trading as opposed to the floor price and, and just not get so fixated on what's happening in terms of micro fluctuations in prices and try to zoom out a little bit and think from a long-term perspective, is that a community that you really vibe with that you want to be a part of for the long run? Is it a team that you fundamentally believe in their executional skills? And is it something that you really see delivering on what they say in the roadmap, but also not just short-term roadmap, long-term roadmap? So multi-year thinking here, I think, is how people can really not get too freaked out if 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 there is a crypto winter or if there is a, a dip in the market. I think that type of zooming out mindset is is how you get through it and not get too stressed out. Well, I mean, I, for me, this is like everything I love and more. And it's I mean, ultimately why we created the the project where I said, hey, we're going to hold on to everyone that we buy and we'll sell them as a mosaic collection uh, on November 11th, 2022. And, and for me, it, it really just comes down to like, I know myself as someone that, you know, I do the research and then once I'm in, like I'm in and, and there, I, I've shared this a lot. Like there's a lot of my collection that I've moved to my hardware wallet only because I know that there is, they're not going anywhere. And I love that you kind of brought through, you know, those through lines. And I will say, you know, the, the, the only caveat that I would add to like, there are a lot of projects that emerged over the summer and the early fall that didn't have the the pedigree of a startup. And a lot of that had to do with the culture that and the community that existed. And the question we have to now ask is what have they done between then and now to prove that we believe they're going to execute from now into the future. And I think, you know, a lot of that is in the action. And I could not agree more. Actually, the the last uh, group from Moons of Mars that we we actually interviewed here on the podcast, they talked a lot about that they didn't treat this anything less than like a brick and mortar startup where every aspect of it was very much startup culture and branding different products and things that were going to come out. Not as if it's like the, just like the next phase or like the mutant part and, or like we need to add coin, you know, creator coins, or we need to add tokenomics because, you know, that's what the other projects are doing, but understanding like what is tokenomics, you know, mean for entry point of new people into this community? What does it mean for keeping people active as we go through months of, you know, within uh, spaces? And we also have to recommend, you know, realize that, you know, I believe as NFT holders, we are like the most impatient human beings that have like really lived in the world. And for whatever reason, we want everything now and we want everything immediately. Yet we also don't want to get rugged and we want everything to be secure. And we can't really have all of those. But I am really impressed with, you know, the execution. I, I when when I heard that the the potion to go back in time as a as a baby and then also the the token uh, aspects of it, for me that there's so much there and it does kind of embody the empowering conversation. Like, like how are we empowering 
our members? How are we powering each other? And so I'm curious, you know, as you know, as we look at the you know, like the landscape of of NFTs and and I love pretty much every single thing that you just said in that last state, that last side is is aligned exactly with kind of where our advice is here. And and I we've been talking a little bit about some of like the flipping mechanics, mechanics, mechanics that I've been like testing to understand trends and understand the data. And I'm very much a, a data person on that side. And I think like little things like understanding the average price, not the sale price and understanding, you know, which collections are focused on, you know, kind of like rarity versus collections that are, that are looking at it, you know, representation, right. And like, I love the baseball hats that, that are, you know, that the crypto chicks have that they're wearing. And, and I immediately thought that was the one that my oldest daughter was going to select. And, and, and I just think like that there's so many of those like little things along the way that, you know, is such an important aspect. I'm curious, you know, you mentioned that you kind of jumped in to help out on Twitter and I think a lot of projects, in my personal opinion, I've loved uh, Twitter since uh, I first got on the platform back in 2009. Uh, I was verified in 2015. I was running one of the largest Twitter chats um, that was on Twitter for for well over three years every Monday uh, called Social Business Hour. But I will say like the the like Twitter has come back alive because of this amazing NFT community and, and Twitter spaces, my entire Twitter space feed across the top is nothing but, uh, but NFTs. What would be your advice? And I know, you know, you're not fully in your, your team is also working um, on the social media side and, and huge shout out to your social media uh, team and, and a couple of people that are running it right now. They're doing an amazing job of amplifying their community of, of celebrating and keeping things very positive. I'm curious from your side, like, what are some of the things that, you know, even you identified maybe early on that you said, hey, based on my background, I can help with because I can almost guarantee that 99% of the projects that are out there right now, they could really use some Twitter help and like identifying some of those weaknesses. What are some of the things you would say? Yeah, I think the the biggest thing is activating the community. So thinking that you as the brand page are going to be the sole voice of your community is silly. And if you think about it from the perspective of you have between 4,000 to 5,000 people who most, most of them do have Twitter accounts and can be helping you spread and share a message. So I think proper mobilization of a community to spread a message in a way that's tasteful. I don't think anyone particularly loves when they post about one project and then get a million replies telling them they should have bought a different project. So remembering and, and communicating to your community that, Whenever you use a profile picture of a specific community, even when you're outside of the Discord, you are representing that community. So when you interact and engage with other people, it's upon you to reflect the brand in a positive manner so that as people start to associate that profile picture with specific members of of a community, that's a positive association. So I think capitalizing capitalizing on the community is the wrong way to say it but basically empowering the community to help spread the message in a way that can reach a much broader audience than just you can yourself as the owner that's one thing i would say the the other huge thing is to just be a real person there's so many corporate accounts on Twitter that are just a total snooze fest. And you'll see there's a major trend in even the corporate world right now with brand social media pages adopting this level of personalized messaging where 
it sounds like it's a real person running this account. They're joking, they're trolling people, they're having a good time. And that creates this sort of brand affinity where people think, okay, it's not this huge untouchable floating in the sky. It's real people sitting there that are helping to build this, that are a part of the project. And so that level of personalization, being open about sharing who you are, who the team is, what sort of ideas do you have? What opinions do you have? That's how you help yourself and your community to find like-minded individuals who then want to join and help spread the message with you. So I would say those are the two kind of big things. One, tap into the community and two, just like be a real person, have a sense of humor, have a little bit of fun, but don't forget what your overall brand tone and your voice is and what sort of message you're trying to convey. Oh, that was spot on. I absolutely love all of that. And, you know, there are real people behind these these Twitter brand accounts, especially, and, and most of the time they're just not empowered enough to actually be able to take on that. And I, it is a beautiful thing. I think it took, you know, seven years too long for the most part for any of us in this space, but I think it is a beautiful essence of kind of where we are moving forward to not only celebrate your fans, but also kind of keep that, you know, brand voice and that message uh, you know, kind of aligned with where you're, where you want to go. Um, the other one of the things that I wanted to bring up is that I feel, you know, the Twitter piece that I, I think is really, you know, big, and I think Crypto Chicks has done an amazing job on it. The other one, and I think this is actually a major shortcoming, especially in male-led, male-driven projects, is the art and the power and the beauty of collaboration. And I am such a big believer in it. It is like the essence of what I talk about on stages that I, I believe the future of business is trust. I believe that we are all in the same business, which is the business of trust. And I ultimately believe the way that we look into the future as far as innovating and as far as growth, that that growth and innovation is fueled through collaboration. And, you know, one of the collaborations recently with the, the Women's Tribe uh, in the in your Discord getting whitelist for that project. But more than that, I, I've, I've listened. To, I love that project. I think that it's another great project, um, you know, emerging into the space. I love how they talk about crypto chicks and I love how the narrative, it's not just a collaboration because of, Hey, we both have our women led projects and, and, and Hey, we can both kind of capitalize on audiences, but there is truly like this, this like bond on like values and, and missions. Could you talk a little bit about collaboration? Because that to me is one of the biggest limitations is that, there's a weird assumption because you allow someone to shill a project in your discord that that means collaboration. And it is not for anyone that questions that. And I just love the way that that you've approached collaboration and even celebrating other projects. And that is, you know, for those that listen to the podcast, they know one of the ways that I grade when I'm deciding if I want to invest for our project in an NFT is actually, I look through their, their social media of the brand accounts, as well as, you know, the founders and, you know, look to see how many times are they amplifying the NFT community as a whole and others in the space. And I think there are a lot of projects and people that are so singular focused that to me, that says more than uh, probably they, they realize that they're sharing. I would love to, if you could talk a little bit about the collaboration and kind of even how some of those came to life, I think that would help a lot of our audience as well. Yeah, so I it's one of the things I'm really passionate about is empowering other women to uplift them, but also to just kind of 
mentor people and give back. I feel like I have learned so much in the past five months being involved in crypto chicks, definitely have have made mistakes along the way. I'll be perfectly candid. And and I think being able to share that with other women so they can learn from my experiences and and grow their own communities and spread their own message is is something that I get a lot of personal value from. And I I, I love this concept of in Web3 and this new ecosystem, this new world that we're building, we can really think about other projects as collaborations as opposed to competition. I think there's endless opportunity for everyone to be successful, and it's just a matter of facilitating that. So I and I try to be very purposeful about having my actions show that as opposed to having that be a buzzword or a phrase that you throw out, but don't actually mean it. And so I think that when you are making statements like this, you owe it to your community to live those words. And so I try my best to, to be involved in other projects, to go in discords and chat with other communities and hype up whatever mission that they are supporting, specifically if it's women's empowerment. And the reason that's so important to me is that I think in the world of like corporate America, for example, there's this kind of mindset that for women, for people from underrepresented groups, there's a specific number of seats at the table that you can fill. And so inherently there becomes this competition for oh, if I'm successful, no one else can be. And I think we're in a different point in time now with Web3 where women instead can be each other's allies. We can all kind of hold hands and rise together and support one another in our missions. And and that's what I think is, is important to see from the top leadership because then it trickles down into the community. And so saying things like, we love and support all projects that are celebrating women. And we don't want there ever to be a situation of, someone pitting one community against another um, and, and really focusing on how we can all have success in our own individual and unique ways, but it not taking away from the success of anyone else. So in the example of Women Tribe, which is a project that I love and I'm super excited for the launch, um, that's, a, that's a perfect example. So Izzy reached out to me. She's the founder of that project and she was building the whole thing all on her own. So she's the artist. She's the founder. She's 22 years old, an artist in, in Portugal and was looking for help on how to, to grow the community which from crypto checks, I've learned a thing or two about how that works. And, and so I said, you know what, I would, I would love to help you. I'd love to be a part of helping you in, in your journey. And, and I think that was a good demonstration for the crypto chicks community, but also for other communities that it doesn't have to be this world of one versus the other. It's like, we're all in this together and we're all kind of the founding women of web three and, and, kind of instilling that message in everyone is what I try to do, at least in every Twitter space, every time I'm, I'm talking, I try to weave that into the conversation in some way. I see some people in the Twitter space crowd are reacting with hundreds. And those are people I think who have heard me say that before. <laughs> well, it, it needs to be said more without question. And I, and I love that, that vision and mission. And I will say also that, you know, for the, for those men that are listening and I think, it's also, you know, upon us, you know, just asking, you know, women what we can do. It's more of like, hey, take the action, you know, your your damn self. And I also think it's 
if when we recognize that there are not enough seats at that table is to give up our own damn seat or, you know, make the longer table and add chairs to that table. And I think so much of this, you know, comes down to that, right? The idea of being aware and, and, and you know, in looking at that. And I, I love that you brought up that idea of like, kind of like, you know, they were reaching out and you were kind of going back and forth. And I think the, there, it's very easy from the outside, and I've seen lots of blog posts written about this, where that elitist culture is what ends up getting some attention. And it gets attention because a lot of these, especially men-led projects, are very much creating that culture because of their lack of awareness of their, you know, the need for collaboration and looking outside of their walls. And, and the idea that the more, you know, great collections with great people and great culture that succeed, that mint out, that improve, the better we all become, right? The, the entry points, they're going to then welcome in more people. And I, and I just love and appreciate that, that you brought that into the conversation. I love that approach. Um, I definitely will make sure that the link for Women Tribe is there. Uh, I'm in their Discord as well. I, and I, I love just that whole, uh, you know, I was in one of their Twitter spaces and getting to know them a little bit more and, and just their approach to a lot of the conversation in, uh, you know, supporting each other. And I think, you know, there are a lot of projects that can learn from this kind of, uh, of collaboration and, and coming together. And I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And so I, you know, as we kind of pull this together, we kind of wrap this, uh, you know, episode together that we are, are sharing here. I think one of the things that when we're looking at, you know, the, the culture of the NFT community, and we of course are going to have lots of uh, influx of, uh, I would just, I'll would call them new variables in the sense of new platforms coming on board, um, new attention because of things like the Super Bowl and maybe hopefully new entry points as some of the, you know, the states in the United States and then also countries, um, you know, enable cryptocurrency purchasing to make it a little bit easier. And we know that a lot of the the wallet companies, and I've, I've been very blessed to, you know, I'm beta testing a couple of tools now um, that are going to help, you know, from a security perspective and hopefully um, protect, you know, some of the the things that we see we've seen happen, you know, I think the, the the part where you mentioned earlier about crypto chicks having so many new people into their projects, I think for me one of the predictions that I have been making we're going to see that for a long while, right? With this early adoption phase is going to continue for a while, and we should be okay with that. I think we should be you know that commitment to education and commitment to onboarding and you know welcoming uh, new people into the space. And I'm curious, you know, from that uh, that idea and that like you know view and look, how do you kind of identify um, some of those projects? So you mentioned, you know, the Women's Tribe reached out to you, but when you're kind of looking at the landscape and what are some of the things you identify for other projects, either from a collaboration perspective or even maybe individually for ones that you want to purchase for your own bag? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think one of the things you touched on there is is super important to call out. And that's the number of new people that are going to be coming into the NFT space. And that's Another reason why it's so important to view other projects from a collaboration perspective, because if you think about it, there's only 10,000 crypto chicks. And if our goal is to help get more and more and more women into crypto, into NFTs, we're inherently limited at 10,000 if we think of ourselves as the only collection that can be focused on empowering women. And so by helping these other projects launch and launch at realistically right now, when, when projects are minting, they're at a much more accessible price point than where Crypto Chicks is at today. I think it's at 1.3 ETH, which for many women is, is a little bit pricier than what they can afford. And so having other projects launch ultimately achieves our mission, right? It gets us to the point where more women are entering the space, they're operating within the economy, and they're learning these skills about 
what is Web3, what is blockchain, that then they can take one step further to get beyond just NFTs into thinking about, okay, how do I work in Web3? How do I get a job as an engineer, as a marketer, as a designer, et cetera? So that's why I think there's another reason that all of these new people that are coming into the space, having more and more projects that are mission-oriented, aligned with with our mission, which is celebrating and empowering women and also empowering everyone that's new to the space is so important. So the way that I evaluate projects to actually answer your question is focusing on what's the mission. What are they trying to do? Is it something that I see as having value from a social impact perspective or something that's really unique and innovative that I haven't I haven't seen done before. Maybe something in PDE. I haven't invested much in that space, so I'm personally trying to learn a little bit more about what that means. How can I, as a collector, participate in that? And so that's kind of on, on a personal level. But I would say for, as a whole, the way that we think about, from a crypto chicks perspective, who we want to collaborate with, it's really projects that share similar missions to ours, similar values. And the teams behind the scenes are the type of people that they say they are, right? Sometimes there's a little bit of a difference between the public persona and when you get to talk to them live in a Zoom call or on a Twitter space or something. And so doing that kind of vetting behind the scenes to understand who are the people behind these projects? Are they people that that we want to help uplift and empower as they embark on this journey? Well, I mean, that's... I think that's lessons for all of us. And I will say that I think the price point women and men is is at a very, uh, you know, a high entry point at the moment now with uh, crypto chicks getting, uh, you know, this amazing attention. And I think the beauty of this, too, is that, you know, the more great people that we welcome into the space, into other great projects, and they're able to build their own bag and, and wealth, the more opportunity it is for them to jump into more established projects. And the, the entry point doesn't have to be what they come into the market with, rather what they can grow uh, in this market market because of that shared ownership that we all have and this idea that we have value. And, you know, I would say for everyone listening as well, you know, for me as a, you know, as a crypto chick holder, you know, I, I've learned and I kind of learned this the hard way by kind of falling into a web two mentality was that it's very easy for us to look only to the team or executives for what's next or how can we help the, what's the project going to do to keep the floor price up or the things that go on. But the beauty of Web3 is that this is ownership. We are we are taking ownership away from one singular energy, energy or, or platform, and we are now taking that ownership on individually. And with ownership comes responsibility, responsibility for us amplifying great messages and taking things to the mediums that we are comfortable on. And I would challenge, you know, there are some, some great information that's being shared on TikTok. There's a lot of really bad information that is happening on TikTok. And I'm a huge TikTok fan from a consumer perspective, but there is nothing more frustrating to me than seeing some of the the misinformation and some of the the very you know let's just call it up bro culture and and headline reading uh, kind of sharing there and I think for everyone in here taking what is magical in the discord and what you hear on the Twitter space, it's up to all of us to take that outside of these walls, because if we don't, and only those that are hawking all of this other culture, they're going to attract more of those people to this amazing community. And not a lot of the people that we all want to be surrounded with, amplified with, uh, and celebrated with. So Em, I, I just want to thank you for, I know there's been a lot going on with the project and the team, and and you were one of the, the first people that I had reached out to as far as bringing you on as, 
as a guest and I love that you were able to kind of make this all happen. Uh, what, what would you say? Like, I'll give you last words as far as, you know, maybe it's about crypto chicks, maybe about the space. Uh, what would be your kind of closing remarks for uh, this interview? And, and, and I'd be excited. We'll, we'll have you back on for sure before we, we finish in November and talk about some of the, the great things the project is doing, but uh, I'll give you the mic. What say you? Yeah. First of all, I just want to thank you for bringing me on. I, I love and appreciate that you've been a part of this community for, for such a long time. Crypto Chicks has had a lot of recent success and we've, we've been super excited to invite a lot of new members into our community with that. Twitter bought a Crypto Chick profile for, photo a couple of weeks ago. That was very exciting. As you saw also, there's a lot of celebrities that are joining. And so with this exposure, we've seen a lot of new people joining, but I just do have to give a shout out and, and a level of appreciation to the people who have been a part of Crypto Chicks for the past five months, five past eight months, and have had conviction in the mission and the vision of what we've been building this whole time. And to everyone who is new, I just want to reiterate what Fanzo just said, that communities and great communities are what build and grow projects to higher potentials than you could ever possibly imagine. And I feel great, very, very grateful that the Crypto Chicks community is incredible. It's one of the best communities that that I've ever been a part of. And I'm so grateful to that every day. And we talk a lot about the team and what it is that we're building, what we're working on. But the team would be nowhere without the community that we have supporting us, keeping the good vibes in the discord, spreading the word on Twitter about our mission and helping to create this warm and inclusive environment for everyone that wants to be a part of our journey. So I just want to give a good, huge shout out to everyone that is a member of the Crypto Chicks. Even if you don't own the Crypto Chicks NFT, there's a lot of people who we embrace and welcome into our community, even if they don't actually own the NFT. And so grateful for each and every one of you and excited for for this journey that's to come. We have a lot of exciting things coming in 2022 and 2023 also. Let's be honest, we're thinking far in advance here and I'm excited to be on this journey with everyone. I love it. I love it. all of that. And, and I just, you know, I think there are so many, you know, there are so many of these stories that are are happening in so many different pockets of this NFT community. And it is our our duty, you know, as those that believe in this space, you know, kind of take that and amplify, you know, I, I love your NFTs underscore girl on Twitter. I will put some of your links and more of the information here uh, in the podcast for those that are listening. And, you know, for those that are listening as well, when we, we think about, you know, these great communities and these great opportunities, you know, the, the serendipity that exists within the NFT world is really what I, I like to focus on a lot when I talk about the power is that there has been social media platforms that existed forever. There's been communities, there's been Facebook groups. There have been plenty of opportunities where people were, were kind of wrangled together or we we came together. But the idea that you can be welcomed in and and kind of brought together based maybe on the art or based simply on the mission of a project and discover, you know, your new best friend, a business partner, you know, maybe someone that you can lean on, maybe someone that you can, uh, you know, help lift up, I think is something that the internet uh, as a whole has, has really been lacking. And I, and I feel that, that this is like the essence of what we, we want to celebrate. And so I will, I will challenge everyone that's out there listening and, you know, take this episode, if it, if it resonated with you and it's something that connected, take it and share it with one person, 
one person that you'd want to be able to see, you know, kind of what else, what goes on. This isn't just, you know, right clicking a, a profile photo and it's not just community from the, the vanity perspective. And it's not just about, you know, their discord numbers or only about the celebrities that are holding uh, the projects. And I think for me that the, this crypto chicks project and the way that the collaboration has existed, the way that, you know, the artist has just really been, you know, shout out to Miss Polly without question for, you know, creating the, the art that is, you know, the, the backbone of, of this community. I think this is an example that we can build upon, we can learn from, and I think we can uh, amplify as well. And so I want to give a real quick shout out too, because I think one of the things we have to recognize is that we also want to make sure that we take things offline and we also find ways to uh, come together. And the sponsor of our podcast is the Creator Economy Expo, and it is the CX Expo. And it's actually, they're having their first event, uh, May 2nd in Phoenix, Arizona. And my three daughters were all born out there in Phoenix, Arizona. So I will, going back to Phoenix to me is uh, super exciting. And they actually have uh, VIP tickets available that will actually allow you to get uh, VIP access to all of their future events. And for those that aren't familiar with this event, uh, the founder, one of the founders of the event, there's two founders, Joe and Brian. Uh, I've actually been speaking at Joe's events uh, for the last five years. He actually was the founder of uh, the largest content event in the world, which is referred to as Content Marketing World. Uh, anyone that's been to this Cleveland for CM World, it is a great event, great experience. And one of my best friends in the world, uh, Ann Hanley, uh, who is the founder of Marketing Profs, is actually the one of the keynote speakers at this event. Uh, and the neat part is they're going to give you a discount. Uh, the discount is $200 off the ticket if you use code NFT365. So just go to Mint dot cx dot events and just put in that code nft365 to get 200 discount and for me this is the beauty of you know we hear all of these things that are happening in the community all of the things that we are able to to make happen and we do have to bridge those you know offline and we have to take these not only you know i i don't say into the real world because the real world is is both online and offline and is no longer one versus the other but you know coming together and i will say i'll kind of leave this episode the phrase that I've been really saying on Twitter here since 2012 is that, you know, nothing we do online in NFTs and crypto will replace the power of a handshake. Nothing we do. But if we invest in people, we, we put ourselves out there, we connect and celebrate, we align with those that have our purpose and our passion, we have the opportunity to create new handshakes. And then ultimately as we move out of this global pandemic and we get to hang out in person, we get to turn those head, those handshakes into hugs and selfies and get to hang out together and, and be there for each other. And I think, you know, as we come out of this global pandemic, I think we've all recognized that we need to spend more time with those that lift us up, more time with those that make us better. And also at the same time, you know, prioritizing, you know, all the things in our lives. And, and I hope everyone kind of takes that out of this. So to all the Crypto Chicks uh, family that here in the in the Twitter space, uh, to all of the, the Mint 365, you know, NFT holders that support the podcast, I want to say thank you. I want to say definitely go check out everything Crypto Chicks uh, has to offer. I know that I kind of want you to wait a little bit so I can buy my three for my daughters so that floor price doesn't go too high. Um, but besides that, I just want to say thank you guys so much. And until tomorrow, make it a great day. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research.